The Fiat Federal Reserve talked tough this week, suggesting there will likely be no rate cuts in next month's March 2024 meeting. We included that language in the statement um, to signal clearly that with strong growth, strong labor market, inflation coming down, the committee intends to move carefully as we consider when to begin to dial back uh, the restrictive stance that we have in place. So if you take that to the current context, current context, we're going to be data dependent. We're going to be looking at this meeting by meeting. Um, based on the meeting today, I would tell you that I don't think it's likely that the committee will reach a level of confidence by the time of the March meeting to identify March as the time to do that. But that's, that's to be seen. Um, so I wouldn't call, uh, you know, when you say, when you ask me about in the near term, I'm hearing that as March, I would say, uh, I don't think that's it's probably not the most likely case or what we would call the base case. Yet astute onlookers noted that the Fiat Federal Reserve struck this language from their statement this week. While at the same time, New York Community Bank, the bank that acquired last year's collapse Signature Bank, extended losses of negative 45% over merely two days. This after the bank reported a Q4 loss of $260 million, while a gain of some $250 million was expected. The bank also reduced their dividend by negative 70%, quote, to meet regulatory requirements. That stock just hit its lowest level since August of 2000. If the U.S. bank system was indeed sound and resilient, it wouldn't be staring down the barrel of unrealized $675 billion losses on investment securities at the moment, all while increasingly taking emergency BTFP loans, an emergency program that is set to expire, oh yeah, next month on March 11th. Of course, we've highlighted here on this channel a few weeks back how the U.S. Treasury's OCC, or the Office of the Comptroll of the Currency, has been trial ballooning coming plans that all U.S. banks will be forced to begin borrowing from the discount window by mandate to supposedly help end the stigma. You can see the failure of the last attempt to do so in the bottom half headline here that was published just before the COVID crisis hit in full in March 2020. Bank analyst Richard Whalen recently went on the Ford Guidance podcast and explained why the discount window idea often becomes a bank bloodbath. The Fed has been banging the drum for banks to use the discount window in times of liquidity stress. Unfortunately, that's not going to work. But what the Fed should do is make sure that both of their facilities, the standing repo facility and the reverse repo facility, are in the markets every day, trading, providing credit, taking cash, whatever it is, so they know what's going on and so that they're not going to be surprised. The discount window is like when you go into the church for confession after 10 years. You know, it's not a place anybody wants to be. And if the other members of the congregation in the banking market see you at the discount window, they're going to assume you're dead. In September 2022, the FDIC published a meeting they had about bank resolution policies, which forewarned the beginning bank crisis that kicked off only a few months later in March 2023. Although, since papering over by increasing emergency loan programs, the U.S. bank system is neither sound nor resilient. More bank troubles in the U.S. and abroad are likely on the near horizon. It's not so much a question of precisely when the Fiat Federal Reserve will begin cutting rates again, but under what coming crisis it will likely be forced to do so. 
The reported fiat Fed balance sheet is only down negative 1.3 trillion from its peak in April 2022. So how much quantitative tightening is needed to unwind the COVID QE from March 2020 through April 2022? 3.5 trillion more. And so the, while the market awaits and seemingly begs to see the white fiat Fed rate line go down here, I'm left wondering how high the blue fiat Fed balance sheet line will eventually balloon to in the next infinite QE easing cycle that follows. Turning to gold market news this week, the lead story is simply physical demand. Most noteworthy is the collective admittance by government central banks and ongoing IMF data that last year, 2023, was the second highest amount of gold bullion buying by central banks in history, only just shy of the record number hit in 2022. Over 1,037 metric tons, or just over 33.3 million ounces of gold bullion, was reportedly bought by central banks collectively last year. And since 2010, the reported net buying of gold bullion by mostly central banks in the Eastern world has accumulated to just over 7,500 metric tons. China, Poland, and Singapore led the list of officially reported gold bullion net buying last year. Total global gold demand in 2023 is also reported to be a new record high, hitting nearly 5,000 metric tons worldwide. One of the key drivers was China's private physical gold demand, which was up plus 30% last year compared to the year prior, 2022. Now, if we stop to look around the world at the moment, respective gold prices denominated in most major fiat currencies, we see price breakouts up and to the right are becoming more and more universal. And historically, where gold goes, eventually silver follows and eventually outperforms. So following this break, we're going to get into major silver news for the week, examining just how ridiculously mispriced spot silver remains at the moment, especially given the increasingly bullish fundamental underpinnings in its relatively tiny physical precious metal market. Hello, this is James Anderson on behalf of SD Bullion. Smash the like button if you enjoy these bullion market updates. Subscribe to our channel here for weekly bullion market updates with exclusive bullion service offerings like this one. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. We're now down 43%. This could be the most serious recession in decades. Protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Learn more at sdbullion.com backslash IRA. A bit mixed for silver and gold respectively as this week's price trading action ended downward. After another phony jobs report by the Bureau of Lying Statistics and Future Revision Admissions, the spot gold price closed its 11th week in a row above the key 2,000-ounce level, while the spot silver price finished below 23 an ounce on the week. Gold's relative strength led to a rising spot gold-silver ratio, closing this week at 90. The Bank of England's late 1987-founded London Bullion Market Association, the LBMA, they published Precious Metal Analyst's Price Guesses for 2024. Press pause if you want to read what they had to say, but I'll just give you the skinny. Gold price range guesses were from 1,800 lows to over 2,400 an ounce highs. Silver price range guesses uh, from 18 an ounce low to over 32 an ounce highs. Platinum price range guesses range from 800 an ounce lows to over 1,300 an ounce highs. And palladium price range guesses pretty wide from 550 an ounce lows to 1,650 an ounce highs. Many of these educated fingers in the wind are, of course, based on current world where our outsized paper derivatives on the highly leveraged comics and in the seemingly lawless city of London still have outsized sway 
on spot prices for precious metals in the short in even medium terms. Never mind that the former London precious metal derivatives market trader from 1980s went on record in July 2022, explicitly warning the world and investors to get their bullion physically as the Western world's current paper gold price discovery holograms and failures become common knowledge ahead. We will be able to look back at this full fiat currency era chart, um, perhaps later this decade and next, and most people would probably better understand the exact time frame of how the Western world was forced to begin rigging gold prices decade after decade in order to better steal the world's resources on the cheap. The Silver Institute this week published projections for the second highest demand for silver uh, for the year at just over 1.2 billion ounces, citing, quote, stronger industrial offtake as principal catalyst for rising global demand in 2024. Industrial demand, meaning things like solar panels, silver into cars, and the myriad other things that we put silver in, the computer I'm looking at, the microphone I'm speaking into likely has silver in it, the cell phone I'm looking at for the time, etc., etc. In the same press release, they forecast the annual silver supply for 2024 will squeak in at just over a billion ounces, basically an over 200 million ounce deficit projected, in other words, for 2024. Now, according to theirs and Metal Focus's ongoing data, that would be the sixth year in a row where annual silver demand has outstripped annual silver supplies. And while spot silver prices are up and have been building a consolidating base for the inevitable move higher ahead, these current spot price levels are a joke in terms of where they are spring-loaded to go. With world physical silver inventory levels globally projected to collapse even further as we move through this decade into 2030, in order to attract private silver bullion back into increasing industrial silver use inputs, it's going to require exceptionally higher silver spot prices ahead. This coming era is likely going to coincide with long secular bear market in the fiat US dollar and fiat currencies generally around the world relative to increasing silver values. And I'm not just talking about simply getting back beyond the CFTC tamp down 30 an ounce Mendoza line, nor even getting back to the seemingly ancient $50 an ounce record silver price high from 1980 or 2011. When people around the world are worried about storing value, they don't sell their bullion in mass because the spot price merely doubled. In fact, they likely freak out and buy more. In fact, under these circumstances, a larger crowd piles on top and things get disorderly to the upside. You see, something broke in the silver derivatives market following March 2020, and you can paint it all over these charts. Authorities have been pulling seemingly every lever since then not to let the store of value confidence dam break. But that's inevitable. That's coming. Since 2020, the Eastern world's silver trading price action has basically gone moon. The blue line just going vertical to the tune of now 342 an ounce aggregated, fourfold where it was before COVID hit in early 2020. Meanwhile, reported silver exchange warehouses worldwide have had mass silver bullion head east and here in the west into persistent silver bullion buying crowds private stacks because many of them know what's going down. What I'm suggesting is these ongoing disconnected silver fundamentals are not to be ignored or scoffed at. Yeah, you might be sick and tired of waiting for the inevitable move, but ultimately these are facts that I'm showing you week in, week out. This already mooned balloon-colored Eastern aggregated price is reflecting just how truly clownish and mispriced our current red spot price is on this chart. Hell or high water, global free market forces will inevitably reconvene the blue and red lines on this chart as they have done so four times prior. So, fellow silver bullion bulls, 
Get your prudent positions right and hold tight. The best parts are much higher and ahead. That's going to be all for this weekly SD Bullion Market Update. As always to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this video, hit the like button and share it with those you love. Subscribe to our channel and hit that alert button so you know when we publish new Bullion Market Updates.